going today, guys. Back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. I am joined once again by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? Hope everyone's had a good start to their week. Hey, we're glad to have everybody back in here once again. Y'all know how we typically do it, where we just talk about football. Um, we usually you know, start off with a little... Uh, College football, well, unfortunately, most of the good teams were off this week because of COVID and because of bye weeks and everything, so we're going to skip college football. Be ready, though, for a huge college football podcast on Friday. Um, actually, you know what, Ben, briefly, just before we get into things, um, were you shocked by the Muschamp firing? Yes. I'm shocked more because it was mid-season than at the end of the season. Um, mm. You and I, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast, but we Maybe we're texting about it, saying, you know, I don't know, kind of when his time will be up. I I, I disagree with it, um, specifically for for it being mid season. First of all, they're going to pay him thirteen point. I think I think it's thirteen point two million dollars uh-huh. just to fire just to fire him. They have not not that their season really means anything, but now they've lost their two corners. Both of their cornerbacks have now opted out for the rest of the season. I, don't, I mean, they weren't going to do that if he was their coach, I, I don't think. I mean, both of them thanked Muschamp in their thank you letters multiple times. Um, J.C. Horn, who's one of the best corners in the country, even posted a picture on Twitter saying, thank you, coach, for everything you did. So, listen, Muschamp, he's a big-time players coach. I, I, don't, I really don't think he deserved to be fired. I mean, it seems like athletic directors aren't giving a pass for this season. We've seen a couple firings. Um, we saw Gary Anderson, uh, Utah State after starting 0-3, and then now we've seen Muschamp. I think everyone thinks Harbaugh is going to be next. Um, but I don't I don't really agree with that. This is a tough year to coach. It's a tough year. Um, if you don't have national championship expectations, it's a tough year just to get through. I think South Carolina is. And then, honestly, like, he had the hardest, hardest or second-hardest schedule in the country last season. I, I mean – I I don't think he's that bad of a coach. I was definitely would not have done it midseason. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that one, Ben. I would not have done it during the season. I mean, giving up 69 points to Ole Miss does kind of feel like it's, you know, kind of like the final line and everything or like the final, you know, draw and whatnot. But I agree with you, man. I feel like it was way too soon to go ahead and move on from him. The good news is, though, that there's going to be a lot of good coaches out there that can uh, – have a chance at signing. I've been hearing that they probably won't just because of the way the athletic director is. They probably won't end up getting Hugh Freeze. I feel like it's going to be more like a James Franklin or something or other like that. But hey, we'll see what ends up happening. Feel bad for Muschamp. We all know Muschamp. They'll find another job and he'll have another chance to make his way back into coaching. But let's kind of start things off here, Ben, with the biggest news. It broke late last night, which were these NBA trades that ended up going down. Um, yesterday, we or two days ago, we on Monday when everything opened up, we saw Chris Paul get traded. Now we saw the Bucks make a humongous move. The Bucks um, trade three first round picks: um, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe to the New Orleans Pelicans. In return, they received Drew Holiday. Ben, what do you think about this trade? I mean, so the obvious is that that's a big haul. Um, you know, if they're comparing the uh, you know the trade swaps, the haul to what Anthony Davis was kind of for, then obviously it's a big haul because Drew Holiday, as good of a player he is, and I think he's very good. I think he's a good two-way guard. Um, he can score the basketball, can create his own shot. He plays great. I think he plays really good defense on the perimeter. Um, plays with a high IQ. He's been in the league for a long, long time. 
but he's not obviously Anthony Davis. Uh, but that's just how the times are working. So I think actually you and I kind of disagree on this front, but I don't hate the trade for the Bucks. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think they would have made this trade without prior conversations with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I think that they needed to get confirmation that he's going to stay. I mean, if he leaves, then they're absolutely screwed. I think they, from what they've heard from him, the, the conversations I'm sure they've had, I think they're confident enough that he's going to stay so that they're proving to him that we will do the things, uh, we will get the players you need to help you win. And honestly, but the Bucks are in win-now mode right now. They're win right now because Giannis's future is a little uncertain. I think it's perfectly acceptable to overpay if you get a title, and that, that's a big if. They have to win the title now. You have to win a title with Giannis if he's as good as you know. Well, not if he is. He is as good as advertised, and now you've gotten him a good amount of help. Um, I thought they needed more shooting from last year's team. I think they just brought in. I think they're trying to bring in or trying to finalize the deal to get Bogdanovich. Um, he's a good outside shooter. I think that's necessary. I think if you're a small market team like you are the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, I think one ring, and you hold, you can hold on to that for a decade, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be, you can win run one ring and then have to blow up your team, and it doesn't matter. They're not a big market team. They're not a market where you know you don't think of the Bucks like, hey, let's compete for a title every single year. I mean, obviously when Giannis is there, you do, but you you know what I'm trying to say. Like the Lakers, like. Mm-hmm. If if they go, you know, if the Lakers, they just want a title. If they don't win one for the next decade, like, people are going to be talking about that. But if you're the Bucks, if you're a small market team, all it takes is one. So I think the fact that they recognize that they're in win-now mode, it's okay to overpay as as long as Giannis stays. I think he will. I, I think he asked ownership to – he wants to win. And listen, they're spending the money. They're, they're willing to get rid of um, – draft picks and other players to bring in players that can help um, Giannis win. Yeah. I mean, look, if Giannis ends up signing a super max, then honestly, I don't hate to trade that much. The question though really is, is he going to sign that super max that I don't know. It's tough. I mean, if he doesn't sign it, I almost feel like you want to go ahead and trade him. Cause I mean, if Giannis walks away, that means you're going to use, lose Giannis Holiday and three first-round picks. I mean, that's a lot regardless of anything. If I'm a lot of these other teams looking to make trades, I'm kind of pissed off. You know what I mean? Like, they gave up such a big haul for Giannis. And, I mean, if you're one of these other teams, like now if you're trying to trade for James Harden, I mean, I mean to get Drew Holiday in there, you, James Harden's definitely worth more than Drew Holiday is, so you almost automatically have to ask for more than they did. Um I think it's kind of. I, th- I think it was definitely a little bit of a foolish move, but we'll see how it ends up. I mean, if it turns out this team could win the East, but I mean, if James Harden goes over the East, it's going to be a tough time for them to win the East, and Giannis is definitely be out of there. So there's a lot of uncertainty here. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Bucks definitely did what they had to do to get their team better. I like the fact that they got rid of Blood, so I didn't think he fit at all. I mean, I like J- Drew Holiday. I think he's a great player. He's still not really an All Star caliber player, but him and Middleton or Giannis. I mean, you have a Defensive Player of the Year and two of the better defensive wings in the league. That's and Brooke Lopez is a good defender. Yeah, exactly. Lopez was top five in the league in blocks last year. Like, you have such great defense right there. But, I mean, it just leaves a lot of question marks, you know. I feel like you have to try to get these guys to buy in for the future if you're the Bucks as much as you possibly can because if they're able to walk out the door, I mean, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, you, 
you got to get something out of Giannis. You either you either got to get a super max out of him, or you got to. I mean, or you got to trade him. They're not going to trade him. I, I believe he's going to sign the super max. I mean, don't you think that the that ownership would have had prior conversation with Giannis before making this trade? I mean, I don't think they're stupid. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's better for the entire league if Giannis stays there rather than if he goes somewhere else and builds a super team or super team. It makes a small market team good. And yeah, I definitely think that they did have conversation with Giannis. Also, too, I mean, Drew Holiday's been a little injury prone, so that's something else to keep your eye out out for is if he gets hurt. I mean, they lost a lot of the depth this Bucks team's had in the past. They gave a lot of it up to bring these guys in. I still think they're kind of lacking a true point guard. I like Bogdanovich, but he's not a true point guard. They really don't have that true one. Holiday's not a true one. I mean, they don't have one that's Definitely is a little something, too. It's tough to win without a true one in this league. But from the flip side of things, for the Pelicans, I really like it. If you're the Pelicans, you know, you have you have kind of some guys you can try to win now with, with J.J. Redick and um, Hill and Bledsoe being there to join Brandon Ingram and um, Zion. But at the same time, you're going to have all these draft picks now. You're going to have pretty much two draft picks and a lot of the upcoming drafts, and you're going to have a lot of opportunities to draft and get good guys. So I think the Pelicans position themselves in a great spot. And if anything, I kind of – Feel like that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say one team won the trade, another team did. Because I mean, if Milwaukee's able to keep Giannis, then ultimately they might win this trade. But I mean, I think both teams. Let's put it this way: I think the Bucks took a massive risk. I think the Pelicans got a surefire thing, if that makes more sense. Pelicans have done really well in trades. Um, uh-huh. David Griffin, the haul that he's collected. I mean, problem is for the Pelicans is, I mean, listen in the Anthony Davis trade. Um, the players you got were Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram. Uh, am I correct on that? Yeah, you're correct on that. So, I mean, there's no reason to talk about Josh Hart. hes I don't think he's ever going to do anything significant. Garbage. Um, Lonzo Ball, I mean, there's still potential there. I mean, I, don't, I believe he has the talent and capability to be good. Hasn't necessarily put it together yet, but at least Brandon Ingram has shown out. So... Got something out of that, and then I believe the draft picks were used on Zion and, and Jackson Hayes, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. If I'm correct on that, so Pelicans. I mean, the Lakers obviously won that trade; they got a title with Anthony Davis. But for, for what the Pelicans were looking for, I think they did just fine in that um, Anthony Davis trade, and then in this trade with um, uh, Drew uh, to give up Drew Holiday, the Pelicans. I mean, I'm not a huge Bledsoe fan. George Hill, I, I still like, but he's getting old. I don't think he's going to do much for them. I wonder if he's even going to stay or if maybe they move those pieces again. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of do with those draft picks. Because, um, I mean, immediate impact, I think, by far, the Bucks won this trade. I mean, by far. I don't. You, Drew Holiday is going to do more for the Bucks than George Hill and Bledsoe are going to do for the Pelicans. Um. So it's just gonna. Um, we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to wait and see. I know that's we're not exactly the most patient people, so it is tough to wait and see. Um, another trade went down. That, honestly, like I literally got the notification for these, like literally, like I think, like they both literally said like less than a minute ago. So I mean, they happened like bang, bang, right back to back. That other trade being the Houston Rockets shipping this year's first round pick and next year's first round pick, along with Trevor Ariza, or the receiving those for Robert Covington, who's got sent to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, what do you think about this trade, Co- or, um, Ben? Was this the right trade for the for the uh, Blazers to make? I like this trade a lot. Um, well, I like this trade. Maybe not a lot. I like the player they're getting. I have no idea how you give up two first-round picks for Robert Covington. 
I mean, I have no idea how he's worth two first-round picks. But let's just talk about the player that the Blazers are going to get. They're getting a good three-point shooter. Um, the Blazers can always – one in the West, you always need shooting. But um, that works out well for the Blazers when Dame's not shooting threes. Uh, McCollum's not shooting threes. They like to drive, and it gives the driving kick opportunity. Um, the Blazers needed a little bit more perimeter shooting. I think that's I think that's a plus there. You're also getting a good perimeter defender, actually really a versatile defender in Robert Coverton. Um, when he used to play in the Sixers, he was more known for perimeter. But when he went to the Rockets and they played small ball, he did have to uh, play in the post a little bit. And I thought he held his own just fine. So I think the Blazers do upgrade in shooting and in defense there. But I don't understand how you give up two first-round picks. Uh, you want to explain that one to me? I don't understand it. Look, I think the way you got to look at it is you gave up this year's first-round pick just because, I mean, you had to swap money, obviously. That's why you swapped to Riza, who's old and aging. But so pretty much you gave up. I, I don't have a problem with giving up next year's first-round pick either with this year's first-round pick just because um, I feel like that, you know, you kind of need to um, – I'm totally trying to look. You feel like, you, you know, you kind of have to give up some value, but at the same time, next year's first-round pick – is not really going to be worth anything if you're the Blazers, because look, dude, I think the Blazers actually moved them. Yeah, I think they moved themselves into like the top four in the in the West. I mean, this is what I've been saying they need is they need a perimeter defender with like Covington with his length. Covington gives so much because Dame and CJ are not that great at defenders. Now you can kind of shuffle things around a little bit, and you have. I mean, our, I think personally, if I had to just pure three and D, like. I feel like a guy you're going to pay just for pure 3 and D, Robert Covington is the best at it in the entire NBA. Um, he's, I mean, he's got so much length, and he's so good at, like, just deflections and creating that. I mean, we saw him bang home threes, too, with this Houston, with Houston as well. I mean, I think the Blazers did what they had to do here, and they completed yeah. their offseason by making this move. And they also have Gary Trent as well, who proved he's got a little dog in him on defense as well and can be that 3 and D guy. So they now have two stud 3 and D, 3 and D guys they can throw in there at the end of the game with Dame. And I like their big men. Um, they weren't they weren't all healthy in the playoffs together. So I think, I mean, Zach Collins barely played in the playoffs. Um, and he's a, he's a good power forward in this league. Um, obviously, you have... Um, uh, Nurk, uh, Nurkic, who's a very good big man, and then you also, they still have Hassan Whiteside, don't they? Um, yes, they still have Hassan Whiteside. Or no, no, Hassan Whiteside's going to be a free agent, so he's definitely going to be out. Is he? Work. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'll be out then. But I, I, I like this roster the Blazers are putting together. I, I kind of see them – I think they're on the jazz level um, in terms in terms of uh, a team that's good but not – I mean, they're not like a top team in the West. But they're a team that, regardless of where they finish in the uh, regular season, I, it's not really a team you want to play in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, obviously Dame's there, but like adding Robert Covington is a good pickup. And you know, now that we're talking about it, now that we're thinking about it, I agree. Like their first round picks are probably meaningless, especially if you get to the second round in the NBA draft. I mean, you're not really going to use your first round pick. That's a guy who's going to make an immediate impact. You're just kind of mm-hmm. trying to add depth at that point. So. I think it's a good trade. I, I think Dame and CJ would be are going to be very happy about it. I think in in their time that they've been there, uh, I don't think management's helped them out too much. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, I think these past couple of years management is starting to spend some money and uh, help them out. I, I think they I think last year kind of proved that like listen, Dame can take us as far as we need to go. I mean he's that good, and he's that clutch. So I like this signing. 
Yeah, I like this signing a lot too. Um, I think I, th- I think it's going to be doing a lot of wonders for the Blazers. I think the Blazers can finish top four in the West and you know even host a playoff series. Now they made this trade, so we'll end up seeing what happens there with the Blazers. But let's flip the focus now. Also, I want to say this real quick before we flip over. I've been seeing lots of crazy reports right now. I've been saying that Brooklyn has pretty much offered everything but Kyrie and KD to get James Harden. I've been frantically refreshing Twitter all, for all hours of the day today, trying to see something go through. So. Let's keep your eye out on that. I'd love for the news to break while we're on here talking. I feel like that something's going to go down before the draft tomorrow. Also, same thing with Westbrook, too. I saw the Hornets were um, very much interested in him. I saw the Knicks is questionable. Um, saw the Bulls are interested in uh, possibly trying to trade for Kibble Walker. So, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy rumors floating around there right now. I mean, this is this NBA offseason is about to be crazy. I mean, three days from now when free agency opens up, it's going to get even crazier. So, Excited to keep my eye out and see what happens. But actually, you know, Ben, before we move to football, what's one move that you want to see happen? James Harden to stay and be miserable in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I was about to say, are you really... trying to ant- I was about to say, are you trying to antagonize me with that or something? <laughs> one move I, I was really excited to happen when, uh, and it did it did just happen, or I think it's beneficial was I think the Chris Paul move. Okay. to Phoenix. Um, I think that's – I mean, I think Phoenix should make the playoffs now based on what they showed um, at the end of the bubble. I I mean, they're not going to win. They're not going to win the West. But I just think adding Chris Paul is just going to do a lot for players like DeAndre Ayton and um, Devin Booker and uh, Bridges and all these young guys they have. I mean, I, I really – outside of maybe like LeBron and, and you know, those guys, but like there's not a better leader in the NBA than Chris Paul. And I'll, I'll argue with that with anyone because you can ship him to any team and they are going to be better than advertised. I mean, OKC had what, like a 3.6 or maybe 6% chance to make the playoffs. And here you have Chris Paul almost winning a series. Uh, I mean, so I just think that's going to do wonders for Devin Booker's game. I guess a move that I want to see happen. Um, I I think the Celtics need to get something, to be honest with you. I think they need to upgrade at the big man position. I think they need to get a little bit more athletic. And I love what Robert Williams has done. I, I don't think Ennis Cantor does much for them. I, I really don't. Um, I just think the Celtics need – the Celtics are good enough to win – to at least compete for a title. They are competing for a title. But – and they have enough scoring. I mean, between Kemba, Gordon Hayward when he's healthy, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. I mean, what else do you need? So I don't know if it's just maybe their other young guys are going to need to step up. But I don't I don't love their bench in terms of playoff, playoff depth. I don't – like, Cantor doesn't give you anything on the defensive end. I think Baines is fine. I, I like what I've seen for – I just – it doesn't all click. I don't know if it's Brad Stevens or maybe they just run into something a better team, but I think the Celtics with this roster, I mean, if they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals, something went wrong. Yeah, I'm definitely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen at all. You know, it's it's gonna be crazy, bro, to see what kind of trades go down here in the next couple of weeks. I mean. I can't wait. Honestly, I think the one thing I'd want to see happen, which is not going to happen, is the Hawks trade for James Harden. But that's just something that's going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not even going to sit here and try to make up some reasoning for why it would happen. 
Anyway, moving over to NFL, we uh, had some huge news, as as I call him, old noodle alarm. Um, had a punctured lung and a couple cracked ribs. Is out for multiple weeks now. Jameis, the W eater, takes over for the for the Saints at quarterback. Um, I guess kind of my first question for you, based off this, is: Do you think that this kind of hurts the Saints and their push to win the division? Do you think they can still win the division with Jameis back there? I think they still can, but I do think it hurts them. Um, but I, I do think that Jameis Winston um, is kind of tailored, a, and this is going to sound crazy, but he's almost tailored a little bit more to what Sean Payton likes to do more than Drew Brees's. I mean, with Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees is 32nd in the league in amount of passes downfield. Jameis Winston was like number one or number two when he was the starter in Tampa Bay. So I think Sean Payton's going to, I mean, he, he's got the opportunity to throw the ball a little bit more down the field. It obviously, it's going to come down to whether Jameis can be accurate or not. But also, I mean, this is not just going to be Jameis Winston. We know how much Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. I I personally think he likes him a little too much. But I do expect Taysom Hill to play some quarterback to help Jameis out, um, just based on what I've seen from Sean Payton. But I do think it hurts him in terms of the division. I mean, I know that they've beaten the Bucks twice, and they, they don't play him again, so they obviously have the tiebreaker over them. But in the Bucks, I believe the Bucks have a tougher schedule. So, you know, I still expect Jameis to be fine. Um, it, I mean, he's a serviceable quarterback. He, he's not horrible. I mean, he threw for a million yards last year and a ton of touchdown passes. I know that he turned the ball over a lot, but I think Sean Payton – actually, I know Sean Payton is a little bit better offensively, specifically with adjustments, pretty much than anyone else in the league. So I, I, I think Jameis will be just fine under Sean Payton, but I think they're going to have to rely on their defense a little bit more. Yeah, um, call me crazy. I actually am more scared of the Saints now with Jameis playing quarterback than I was with Noodle Arm playing quarterback. Um, I think Jameis, yeah, he throws a lot of interceptions. He had that LASIK eye surgery, so that adds a little bit of a wrinkle into it. Also, he has a run game, unlike when he was in Tampa with Alvin Kamara in there. You can take some pressure off of him. I think he could open this offense up and make it a little bit more dynamic. Also, you know, they'll throw Taysom Hill in there, too, for some gadget plays. I think it just adds a whole other wrinkle and makes this Saints offense more scary to go along with this defense that has already been pretty good against the run and against the pass both ways. Um, I guess my next kind of question with everything going now with, with Drew Brees here is, do you think this is the beginning of the end, or do you think this is the end of Drew Brees? The end meaning, do I expect him to retire? Yeah, like, do you think this could end up being Drew Brees' last run at it this season? I am more confident in saying yes um, than I would have been at the beginning of the season. Um, I think he's 41 years old. Uh, and, and these are injuries, uh, you know, the ribs and obviously a collapsed lung or punctured lung. Um, it's I've, I've personally never dealt with an injury like this, but it's not easy to breathe. Um, and when you, even when you're healthy, Drew Brees doesn't take a ton of hits right now, but one hit at his age coming off this injury, just kind of mentally, I, I think it'll kind of mess with them to be honest with you. So he's going to come back this year. He'll be the quarterback for the playoffs. I, do you know when his contract is up? I think if his contract's up, I, I do think he kind of calls it a quits. Um, I I don't know if it's ever happened where 
he walked up to Sean Payton and said, hey, I don't think I can play. Um, and that's what Sean Payton said. That's when Payton and the cameras caught him talking to each other. Uh, you know, we were kind of guessing whether Payton was saying, hey, the medical staff doesn't want you to go in or maybe Breeze was saying something. Sean Payton came out and said that Breeze came up to him and said, hey, I don't think I can help the team right now. I, I'm pretty banged up. That's something I don't think Drew Brees has ever said, to be honest with you. Um, I, I do think his decline has sped up a little bit. Uh, if his contract's up after the season, then I, I do think it's done. I think if he has one more year on his contract, then I think he just kind of finishes the contract knowing that uh, New Orleans fan base and the team is, is welcome to have him back. Yeah, so he has one year left after this on his deal. I honestly think he might end up hanging up the cleats. I think his injury is pretty bad. I don't think he's going to be back as soon as people think he is. I think this also kind of scares him a little bit. This is the second year in a row that he's gotten injured. And to be honest with you, if he gets back in there, I don't know how well he's going to hold up. It seems to be these teams that have pass rushes that get to the quarterback kind of give Drew Brees problems in the playoffs. I mean, if they were to go up against the Rams in this defense that has been unbelievable in the first round, I don't know if they could get past him. I really think this Rams defense could get the pressure on him. And you wouldn't want it for him. You wouldn't want to take a hit from Aaron Donald with rib injuries on both sides and a collapsed lung. Yeah, exactly. Like honestly, it's going to take Drew Brees a little bit to get back from this injury. I wouldn't be surprised if that was if this could be like kind of the end of Drew Brees. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean i I don't think it's a hot take to even say that. I, I think I think it's definitely going to be a discussion that he uh, goes over with his family. Uh, I know that we know that Drew Brees is a big family oriented man. Um, you know. Like I said, the New Orleans organization and fan base will always welcome him back. If, if he says he wants to play, he is mm-hmm. their quarterback. I, I agree with you, though. I think it's going to be tough mentally uh, to come back from. At his age, I, I, it's obvious his body is, is wearing down on him a little bit. I think he'll even admit that. Um, but he is Drew Brees, and he is still good enough to win this, uh, to win this team some ball games. I mean, they are 7-3, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think if he can get over the mental – I think if he feels okay, then I think he's going to play. Um, but it, it's – I think, first of all, it's it's the, it's the physical pain he's got to get over. But I think more importantly, it's, it's going to be the mental factor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the mental factor is going to be tough for him to get past. So the Saints currently sit at 7-2 and two, as well as the Bucks sit at 7-3. and three, So it's going to be interesting to see them battle it out for the division. But – we have a plethora of teams, Ben, that currently sit at 6-3 and three right now in the NFL. And let's go ahead and kind of talk about these teams and who we're actually buying to make the playoffs and who we're buying to fade out here. We'll just kind of go down by the division. So we'll start in the AFC East here with the 6-3 and three Miami Dolphins who trailed the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills by one game. I believe the Buffalo Bills are, yeah, they're on a bye this week. So... Next week, they'll be back in action. This gives the Dolphins a chance to tie the race up. I mean, Ben, do you buy the Dolphins as a playoff team? I do. I absolutely do. Um, And they're actually going to play Buffalo in the last game of the season, January 3rd, so they're going to get another crack at them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's now proven that this Miami Dolphins defense is uh, the truth. I think they're not to be messed with. They are turning people over almost every single game. They are currently on a five-game win streak. I think you're getting everything you need, uh, everything you'd like to see out of rookie quarterback Tua Tungabaloa. They did just release Jordan Howard, which tells everyone should tell everyone they're they're perfectly okay running with these running backs they have now. I think Gaskin's there, and then they have those two 
I don't know. Was Gaskin may have been undrafted. They have another undrafted guy that's been playing. That's just the way this league works now. I don't think you need – you definitely don't need a top running back. Um, I think I mean, Tua hasn't turned the ball over. Um, I think that's what you need. In, they're going to win by this defense. and Their special team success is not going to last this entire season. They've had a couple block punts recently. They've had a couple um, uh, punt returns for a touchdown. That's not going to last you the entire season. Um, but as long as they give Tua a field position, you know, plus field position, he's going to get the job done. He's not going to turn the ball. He's eventually going to turn the ball over. Uh, should have had one last week and went right through the defender's hands. But I think Tua is playing well enough. They're running the football effectively, and I think this defense is is good enough uh, to rely on. I really do. I am buying the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going to buy in the Miami Dolphins as well. It's all about the defense for me. This defense forces turnovers. It comes up big when they need it. Came up big for them again this last Sunday. The Dolphins are on a roll right now. They've been on a hot streak, five-game win streak ever since they kind of got Fitzpatrick and his up-and-down play out of there. This team looks different. Like you said, you know they've rallied around Tua. They're only going to keep getting healthier. Gaskin should be back in two weeks. I think Matt Burita is going to be back as well this week. So, Things are on the up and up right now for Miami. I think they're only going to keep on getting better. This is still a young team, young defense. Brian Flores has done a great job with this team in his second year. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think Buffalo will end up winning it, but I like the Dolphins for sure to make the playoffs here. Also, the Dolphins still get to play the Jets again, so that's another plus for them as well. Um, their schedule does look a little bit tougher, but I mean, still... When you have the uh, when you have the Broncos, Jets, and Bengals, I mean, it, you got to feel pretty good about and the Patriots, honestly. Even again, you got to feel good about doing it. So, I'm all in on the, on them making it here into the playoffs. Um, neck up next on here is um, the Baltimore Ravens at six and three. Um, what do you th- are you? Bu- I mean, obviously, we're buying the Ravens as a playoff team. Are we buying the Ravens as being an actual championship competitor, or are they fraudulent? Are we buying them as a playoff team? Mm-hmm. I believe right now they're sitting on the outside of the playoff picture. Um, no, no, I mean not as a playoff. Sorry, no, I know. I'm saying we we are buying them as a playoff team, but uh, are, I mean, are, yeah. are you not? Are you not buying them as a playoff team? I guess so that. I mean, be I, I think they should get into the playoffs, looking at their schedule. But as of right now, they're not in. Um, I, they're frauds. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a fraud. Um, he, I mean, he can't, I, first of all, they did just lose to the Patriots, but you, you have to mention the weather, um, freaking monsoon they were playing in. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen rain like that, but Cam Newton, I mean, Cam Newton didn't really have trouble throwing the football. So if he's not having trouble throwing the football, then why is Lamar? Um, I mean, Ravens players dropping passes. I mean, listen, it's hard to catch the ball. In the monsoon, I get that, but the Patriots were having no problem. I don't. I, I think the. I think the Ravens make the playoffs. I don't think they do anything significant though. I. I don't think. I don't see them making the AFC Championship game at all. In any different scenario, I see. I don't see them making that. I don't think Lamar is good enough. Um, I and listen, I'm going to go back to what I said uh, a couple weeks ago. We all want to blame Lamar. You know, Lamar this. He can't do this. He can't do that. I'm gonna. It's still the play calling for me. I think their play calling is horrific right now. They're they're not even trying to throw in the football downfield. I know that Lamar doesn't have a great success rate, but unless you try, he's not gonna improve at it. So if you want to and see if you want to see him improve as a passer, then you have to make him throw the football. You're gonna have to. I 
I, I say I said this last time when I brought it up. You don't want to take away his game, but you, you need to tell him that you can't just look at one receiver and just take off because teams are collapsing the pocket on you to not let you outside the pocket. I thought the Patriots did a great job of that. So Lamar's got to be a little bit more disciplined in the pocket, sitting there a little bit longer. I mean, you're, I know that his offensive line isn't great. It's kind of falling apart on him. But I think they need to force him to throw the football a little bit. I mean, they run – I think I counted three or four option plays. Um, not read options, but just straight-up pitch plays against the Patriots. I get that it's raining, but that's not going to work. I mean, you, the Ravens have to be third and – I'll give them six and under. Really, third and five and under. Their third and plus uh, conversion rate cannot be good because Lamar can't throw the football. So I think the play calling needs to help him out a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you once again. I don't see it happening where that Lamar gets his first playoff win this season. Like you said, I honestly think losing Nick Boyle, their tight end, is a humongous loss because I mean Great blocker. Yeah, and they love to throw those little over the middle, like underneath passes to these tight ends and not having one of them hurts because I mean they traded Hayden Hurst to Atlanta, so they don't really have the depth there that they used to have. So that hurts them a lot, and like you said, he's a great blocker. I mean, they kind of use these tight ends almost as fullbacks, the way they block in this run game and these run schemes they use. I think the Ravens are in a terrible position. I mean, they've already lost Ronnie Stanley as well. Injuries just keep piling up for this team. They have a pretty good defense, but at the end of the day, this Ravens offense is not as explosive as they were last year, and that's going to end up what hurts them. I think they make the playoffs, like we said, but I don't think they'd make any damage once they get in the playoffs. I mean, they're good enough to beat up on these bad teams where they can just run the ball up and down their throats. Yeah, I mean, uh, they beat they beat the okay teams, but they don't beat any great teams. So, mm-hmm, I yeah. mean, listen, they play Tennessee this week. It's a massive game. We'll talk about Tennessee in here in just a second. They go at Pittsburgh, I believe, on Thanksgiving. And then Dallas, they should win. But at Cleveland's not easy. Jacksonville, they should win. The Giants, not as easy as you – I mean, the Giants are better than the record and then Cincinnati. 3 against the spread this season. Yeah, so not an easy schedule for the Ravens. Yeah, not at all. You know, it's not looking good for them down the stretch. I think they'll be able, though, with the third playoff spot for sure, slide in there, but I don't think they're going to make any noise inside the playoffs. Um, we got the Browns sitting here at 6-3, and three, Ben. I'll go first on this one. Look, the Browns, the way their schedule is going to play out down the stretch here – they play the Eagles. They should be able to win that game at the Jags. Should be winnable at the Titans. Don't know about that. Then they got the Ravens at the Giants, at the Jets, and the Steelers. The way I look at it, the Browns should be able to win 10 games, and 10 games should be enough to get you into the playoffs here. Um, I think the Browns make it in. I don't really think they do much in the playoffs. This is a team who that they can run the ball over these bad teams with horrible run defenses. Baker Mayfield can't sit in the pocket or really get away from pass rushes and make throws down the field they need. Um I think this Browns team, though, is in a decent situation here where they can go ahead and uh, get into the playoffs, though, which will be nice, honestly, for Cleveland fans. That's what they want. That's what they need. I think it'll be a good season, good sum for them to build on. I don't think they're a threat to make any noise in the playoffs, but I think the Browns have a great defense, a defense that makes up a whole lot of their problems. One scary thing about the Browns, they are 6-3, and three, but they have a negative 28-point differential. There's not a lot of teams with a, that are have a uh, positive record or that have a over 500 record yet have a negative differential. Yes, they did get the brakes beaten off them by the Steelers and the Ravens, but 
That just goes to show you, whenever they stay a, play a team that's a class up, they lose. When they play these teams that aren't as good, they beat up on them, which, I mean, is still a sign of a good team. If you're a good team, you need to beat the teams you should beat, and Cleveland's able to do that. But I just don't think they can take it to the next level and do something in the playoffs. Not, I, I think they get into the playoffs, especially with that schedule, but I agree with you. I, not yet. I think, they're, I think they're close. I mean, losing OBJ is not easy. Um, you know, when you get in the playoffs – you want to have your number one wide receiver. I know that Landry's there, and they still have some pretty good targets, but I actually kind of like this Browns team. I just don't think they're going to do significant damage just yet. I haven't seen enough from Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they get in the playoffs, but I'm in agreement with you. I don't think they do much. Yeah. I mean, it's just – Baker Mayfield's just still so limited. I don't think he can do much for you in the playoffs. Um, next division here is the AFC South, which has two teams tied at six and three. Of course, the Colts, they were atop the division right now because they have the head-to-head victory over the Tennessee Titans, which happened on Thursday. I'll start us off here again with the Colts. I like the Colts as a playoff team. I picked them to be a playoff team before the season started. Unfortunately, they still have the same problem. Phillip Rivers will be the downfall of this team. Phillip Rivers, yeah, he was able to play well against Tennessee. That's because Tennessee can't get to the quarterback. Whenever he plays against a team like Baltimore, who can actually get a pass rush on you, y'all saw it. He had the fumble. He had the interceptions. I mean, Phillip Rivers is a turnover waiting to happen. You put any pressure on him, he'll just chuck it up in the air to get the ball away. He's a gunslinger, and that's what gunslingers do is they turn the ball over. I think Indianapolis is a good story. I like their coach, Frank Reich, a lot. And, I mean, it goes to show you how good of a coach is Frank Reich that he can win with someone as incompetent as Phillip Rivers playing the quarterback position at for him at this point. They have a great defense. They're nasty against the run up front. Look, the Colts might even be able to win one game in the playoffs, but um, I don't think they can do much else after that. I actually, as much as much as I love to make fun of Phillip Rivers, I, I really like this Colts team. Uh I'm interested to see what this defense is going to look like this coming week. They're playing the Packers, uh, high-profile, high-explosive offense. I believe it's also in Green Bay. Listen, I I think – I mean, I agree with you. I, they can win a playoff game. I, I, I think they should win a playoff game, to be honest with you. I just don't see them in the AFC championship game, so I think they're in the middle. Uh, is that kind of where you had them? Yeah, you know, like I think they're, I mean, obviously they're big flaws, Phillip Rivers, but if they go up against a team with a light pass rush in the first round, they're going to be able to get on to the play in the next round. I I mean, I, I think this team's pretty good. Uh, I think the defense is elite. I think Phillip Rivers, I mean, yeah, he can't move, but the offense is still, it, it's good enough. So I think they can win a playoff game. I believe in them. See, I feel like it has to be the right situation, though. If they go up against a team that's going to get to that quarterback, I just don't think that they're going to be able yeah. to do it. Phillip Rivers crumbles under pressure. Yeah, I mean, depending on who they play, I, mean, I can't predict the future on who they're going to play. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like this team a lot. I think they have a somewhat challenging schedule, but I think, it's a, I think they're a team that can get through it. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll agree with you on that. I don't think that they're going to get past the second round. I think they can win in the first round. More and more I think about it, especially if they're able to win this division, they should be able to. Um, next team up right here is the Tennessee Titans, and they are currently sitting at 6-3. and three. Ben, since this is the team, obviously Atlanta is Ben's team hometown, but he lives in Nashville now, so tell me about your boys down the street. Yeah, I don't, I don't see – uh, the success they had last year with this year's team. Uh, this defense is so bad. Um, I'm not even sure if they're gonna finish in the playoffs or not. I'm I'm wow. getting kind of worried. Getting kind of worried to be honest with you. 
They've lost three out of their last four. I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh by three. It's a great loss. They lost to Cincinnati. It's a horrible loss. They didn't look great against Chicago. Who's Chicago's defense is good, especially the run defense, and that's what um, that's what the uh, Titans do. I mean, it's a big game this week. I think if, I think they have to win this week's game. I mean, mm-hmm. you look you look at their schedule, and it, it's it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. They play at Baltimore, then they play at Colts. They just lost. They just lost to the Colts. They then play uh, beginning of December. They play Cleveland. That's not easy. Jacksonville, um, not too hard. Detroit, not too hard. At Green Bay, and then at Houston. So, I mean, they have three, four. They have four games on their schedule where I don't think they should be favored in the game. So, I don't think they're going to be favored at Baltimore. I don't think they're going to be favored at Indy. And I don't. I don't think they're going to be favored. They might be. Fav- I think they'll probably be slight favorite at home against Cleveland, but they won't be favored at Green Bay. So. This defense yeah. is going to be this defense is going to be the downfall of the team. But Tannehill can only do so much. I mean, he he's not that good. I think he's good enough, but he ain't that good. Yeah, you're going to get total agreements from me on this one, Ben. I picked the Titans to win this division originally, and unfortunately, it's looking like I was wrong. They're 28th in the league against the pass. They're one of the worst teams in the league on third down. I mean, we saw how bad they even were on fourth down on on Thursday night. They could not get them off the field for the life of them. Even in that Pittsburgh game, it feels like on third down, it gets easier for teams to pick up first downs. That's not the recipe for winning games. Like you said, the schedule only gets harder for them. Unfortunately, I think the Titans are going to go home packing. You know, we I would love to buy into all these six and three teams, but just simply won't even happen. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with you on that one, too. You know, Tannehill is not what he was. We've seen these teams be able to get up on the line of scrimmage and be physical with Derrick Henry. I mean, you also don't have your left tackle anymore. He's one of the best in the league with Taylor Lewan. That's going to come back to bite you in the ass at some point this season. I think Tennessee fades out and misses the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, I got, I got nothing else to add on that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it sucks, man. We can't buy in on the Titans. I like them a lot. I like Vrabel. I like a lot of their players, AJ Brown, Henry, but can't buy them to make it in there. Next, let's go out here to the AFC West. Um, we have one team in the hunt here, which is the six and three Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you want to start us off on the Raiders, Ben? Yeah, I, I this is another team that I, I, I like watching. Their offense is a lot of fun to watch, but uh, unfortunately, I do not think they make the playoffs. Uh, you want to talk about a hard schedule? coming up they play kansas city uh sunday night football this coming week you and i will probably break down that game on friday for everyone they go at atlanta that's i mean as bad as atlanta might be and people love to make fun of them that's not an easy team you want to it's not a team you want to play because the offense is you have to keep up scoring with them they play the jets then they play the colts chargers who i mean listen their record's bad but it's not an easy team to face then they play miami and then at denver this schedule is just gonna be a little too hard um, I, I think Derek Carr starts to make some mistakes, mistakes, but they are, I believe they're on a three game win streak right now, which is, it's great mm-hmm. for them. Unfortunately, I think it's going to end on Sunday night. Um, when they play the chiefs, uh, they beat the chiefs once. I don't see him beaten twice. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Ben. If you look at it in the division right now, they're undefeated in the division. I think that's about to flip around on them here soon. Um, I think that they might be able to take down the Broncos at Denver, but, I mean, they have the Chargers at home. Maybe they can win that one. But, like you said, you know, outside of the Jets and splitting those games between the Broncos and Chargers, I don't think that – I mean, it's going to be tough for them to find some wins on here. I picked the Raiders to make the playoffs before the season started. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to sell on them as a playoff team for the exact reasons you said. 
I still think that Gruden has some time left with this team. You know, they're a young team, man. Like, you got yeah. all these young wide receivers and everything. They don't really have those veterans in the room yet, which is what the Raiders really need. And I think that's going to hurt them. I mean, these young teams seem to fade down the stretch. I think the Raiders next year is definitely going to be their year. I mean, their offense is still eighth in the league in scoring, and they're seventh in the league in rushing, but they're 20th passing the ball, which really, I think, hurts them there is they don't have that dynamicness they need in the offense if you get down to catch up, kind of like you were saying a minute ago. But that defense is still 25th in the league in pass yards and 24th in YPP. So that means they're giving up huge plays in the air, which is also not good as well. And if you can't pass the ball and get back in the game, that's really going to hurt you. Ultimately, I think the Raiders end up missing the playoffs barely. I mean, it's they're probably going to be like 9-7 and seven, finish one game out. I think Cleveland's going to end up getting sliding in there as that last playoff team from the AFC. I think I think Derek Carr is kind of their, it's kind of holding them back a little bit, to be honest. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased because he went to Alabama, but I think they have one of the better running backs in the NFL, Josh Jacobs. I mean, He's he's the type of back that you can. He's a third. He's a three down back. Plays catches the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Runs he runs hard. He will run over anyone that's in front of him. And I also believe they just got a great uh, game from their other running back. I believe both of them had over 100 yeah. yards and a, and a couple touchdowns. So I, I mean they're going to run the football, but I don't think the defense and Carr is good enough to carry them. Hey, I agree with everything you said right there, Ben. By the way, I picked Josh Jacobs, or I said either Josh Jacobs or Dalvin Cook would lead the NFL in rush yards. So keep on looking good there. The the NFC East, we actually don't even have a team above six wins, which is crazy to think about. The North, we have the seven and two Packers. The Bears failed to get to six and three last night. I guess they would have been six and four since they played one more team than everyone. The NFC South, we have two teams with seven wins, no team with six. Um, now we get down to the AFC West or NFC wild, West, which is where West. we have three teams tied up top at six and three. Arizona is up top due to tiebreakers. Um, let's start off with Arizona since they're in first place right now. Ben, do you think these six and three Cardinals can keep winning games and win this division? I think they can. Yes, I think when you have a dynamic uh, duo with. In- you and I might disagree on this, but I'm a Falcon fan, ladies and uh, ladies and late. Uh, well, I can't speak, ladies and gentlemen. But I think when you have, I, I give the slight edge to DeAndre Hopkins for the best receiver in the league. Um, I mean, who? It, it's really, it's really only because Julio doesn't play every game, every down. Like literally, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't drop a ball, and he's always in the game. Julio is always hurt, so I don't. I mean, he doesn't always go off. He is right now. I love Kyler Murray. Um, I don't. I heard this nickname. I don't know if this is his nickname, but it should be Special K. I think that's incredible. Listen, I think their defense is also good enough. I, I think they could use a little bit more pass rush to help them out. But in terms of this division, uh, we'll get into Seattle in a little bit. But Arizona is better than Seattle. Um, I, I think the Rams are really good. But in terms of Arizona, since we're talking on them for the second, yes, I think they are good enough to win this division. Um. See, the, this division is weird for me. So when I look at every single team, they have one flaw. And I'll just stick with Arizona since we're right here on them. Look, Arizona is kind of weird. Their running backs really don't do that much, but they're still fourth in the NFL in rush yards. Well, like the, said, their, quarterbacks are, their quarterbacks are basically half running back. Yeah, Kyler Murray's a beast man in that run game. I mean, how many quarterbacks do you know that have as many? I believe he has nine rush touchdowns right now, like, how many running backs do you know that, or quarterbacks do you know that can carry the ball like that? Um, 
This defense, though, for Arizona is good. <clears throat> They're 10th in the league against the pass, 12th in the league against the run. I honestly want to buy into Arizona as the division winner just because they're the only team that's like has, I feel like, a good mixture of offense and defense. Um, when I look at their schedule, they play the Seahawks on Thursday night. Finally, we have a good Thursday night game. Um, then we have the at the Patriots, the Rams, at the Giants, the Eagles, the 49ers, and at the Rams again. Those two games against the Rams are going to be absolutely massive for determining who wins this division. Um I I'm I'm gonna take the Cardinals man to win this division. I'm I'm buying in on them. Yeah, I mean I'm looking at it right now. Um, for these three teams, Seattle has scored the most points. Um, obviously they've given up the most points though. Arizona is I mean it's pretty even. They 266 points in the year. They uh, given up 210. So the best team in this division defensively in terms of points allowed is the Rams. Uh, and let's talk about the Rams a little bit. Um, the Rams are interesting. I think when you think of a balanced team, I, I really I really think of them. Um, I think their defensive line specifically gets after the quarterback. I love Jalen Ramsey in the backfield – or not in the backfield, uh, the secondary, excuse me. They have a good defense too, and I think it's well-balanced at all three levels. Um, I, I don't know if I can necessarily buy into Goff. Um, I think he really only does one thing at an exceptional level. Mm-hmm. And that's the play action game. But in, in order to do that, you need to run the football. And I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football enough to help Goff out, to be honest with you. So that's why I give the edge to the Cardinals a little bit. But like you mentioned, the Rams are going to get two their two chances at the Cardinals. They have not played each other yet. So I think the winner of these games is, uh, is going to be the division winner. I, I really think Seattle is not going to win this division. Their defense is just so bad. Yeah, their defense was the downfall of them the other night. The Rams, look, the Rams had a humongous loss. Andrew Whitworth is now lost for the season. Their left tackle, who in my opinion is not only one of the best left tackles in the league, but he's also one of the smartest. The one thing I like about the Rams is their defense, though. This is arguably the best defense in the entire NFL. I would put it at number one. Y'all saw it. They held the Seahawks to 13 points. They forced all those turnovers. Russell Wilson has thrown seven interceptions over his last three games. Ever since he trademarked that less let Russ cook, he's not been cooking up. Um, One kind of funny side note is, think about this. So Arizona picked first overall two years ago. Now we're saying they're going to win this division. The 49ers picked, I think it was like second overall, and now and went to the Super Bowl. They literally went from the second worst team in the league to the Super Bowl, and now they're the worst team in this division. This division doesn't make any freaking sense. We watched the same thing kind of happen with the Rams last year to this year. I mean, this division really makes no sense at all, but like you said, you know, Seattle's defense is going to be the main thing that stops them. I think the Rams' defense is going to keep them in games they have no business being in. I think the Rams can win a game or two, but unfortunately... That offense with Jared Goff, it's going to come down to Goff needing to make a big throw for you, and he's not going to be able to. I'm sure they regret giving him that humongous contract they did. I'd say in order, it's going to go Arizona, Seattle, and then the Rams. All three teams obviously are going to make the playoffs along with uh, Tampa Bay as the other wild card. So I think the NFC, honestly, I think the NFC playoff picture is pretty much set in stone. I know obviously Minnesota and like the Bears and the Lions are technically all still in the hunt, but they're not on the same level as any of those other teams. Ian, I mentioned how they've only given up 168 points. That ranks second in the league. Baltimore is in first with 165. And then the Colts are just behind uh, in third at 177. So the difference between, I think, those two teams is, um, you know, between Baltimore, Indy, and 
the Los Angeles Rams. What offense do you have confidence in the most? They both run the ball. <laughs> Which offense do you believe in the most, though? Because I think here, here's what here's the reason why I'm asking. I think those defenses are good enough to get these teams to the AFC or NFC championship. It's just can their offense score enough points? I honestly have no I I really don't know. I I, I don't know who then who the answer is to the best offense out of those three teams. I would honestly just have to buy in on the Rams just because you have Sean McVay and he's a little bit better coach. Okay. Yeah. I I mean I I'm gonna stick with Baltimore but I don't I don't like it yeah I mean trust me I definitely don't feel good about picking one or the other in that situation either but honestly I even like even more the fact we're on different sides just the fact we didn't both go for the same team there which makes me like our predictions even better there um you know Ben it's gonna be fun though to watch the way all this plays out the NFL has been fun so far this season it's gonna be fun to see how everything plays out ultimately um you got anything else you want to talk about before we get up out of here you know, I think the only thing I'll add is by you know by Thanksgiving Day, um, we'll really have a better kind of understanding of, of what the NFL is shaping like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's that's what two weeks from now. Yeah. So um, I think we'll have a little bit better understanding from that because there's some big games this weekend. We mentioned Baltimore is uh, playing the Titans. We mentioned um, uh, what's Cardinals, the other big game? Seahawks. Cardinals Seahawks. Thank you. And then. Um, Tampa I Bay think Rams. Uh, I think the Colts and Green Bay is a big game. I think the Raiders and Kansas City is a, a big game, and then Tampa Bay and the Rams. So um, this is going to be a great Friday podcast, everyone. Uh, we'll break down some college games for you guys. We'll break down all these great NFL games. I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's a great slate of football coming up. It might be the best one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ex- very excited to do it too. I mean, it's this is the best college football slate too that we've had in a long time. A lot of big time matchups, so it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to watch all this play out and everything. Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again, talking some foosball with me. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. And by the way, people, uh, our NBA podcast is out. Um, uh, it's on Penland's page. It, uh, th- is it on your Twitter still? Yeah, it is. I'll tweet out the link again for it. Yeah, we'll tweet at the link. The NBA draft is tomorrow. We uh, gave you our breakdowns of the draft. Um, Listen to that if you want to have a good time and and enjoy the draft. This is going to be a great NBA draft. Uh, And then we're going to follow it up with a great Friday podcast followed by a fantastic sports weekend. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great weekend in sports. I can't wait to hit the pre and post podcast for the weekend. Can't wait to hit the post draft podcast either. We're going to be throwing tons of content y'all's way. Y'all get ready. Y'all listen to it all. Let us know what y'all think about all of it. Until then, we'll talk to y'all again soon.